you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy. He alone deserves our worship. He alone deserves us, you know, meeting each other today in this format and uh, coming across your radio stations. That's a pretty cool thing. And we just want to say, hey, you guys are great. Thanks a lot for that. Kevin, it's just a few feet from me. There's no updates as of now on the coach. We'll get back to you on that. Maybe we'll go ahead and throw something out there on the uh, uh, Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page. We'll try to give you an update. We'll, we'll make sure Kevin's able to put some updates out there and tell you what's going on with his journey and things of that nature. I think that'll be real helpful. And mm. uh, so good morning, Kevin. How are you? Hey, good morning. I'm doing well. Wednesdays are great. It's church night. It's Bible day. Every day's Bible day. Folks, stay in the word of God. Stay in your Bible. So I went back to trivia questions online so I wouldn't give uh, Kevin a hard time or anything like that. So I, I got a big question for you here, Kevin. And it says, is the Bible inerrant without error? Yes, sir. See, there you go, folks. There he is. So <laughs> his three-day totals are 40. And uh, so if you look at that, if you, uh, it would be about 30. He's a 66 percentile, which, again, I told you guys earlier on, that was passing in my high school. And, <laughs> and honestly, I think if you had a 59, they'd bump you up just to let you go through. But sadly, as somebody who considered themselves an athlete, uh, you kind of had to have a C average. So they, they would railroad us with athleticism and, and you know, hey, you want to play football, man, you better turn in a better paper than this, Doug. And, and there's guys in class writing things like my summer vacation. We got a dog. I mowed the lawn every week. You know? <laughs> Doug, you don't have enough here. I'm like, there's 800 words, man. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and way back in that day, folks, I'm going to give you an idea of how old Kevin and I, you know how we counted the words? We counted them. <laughs> we started on the first page and put a number in the lower right-hand corner, went to the second page, and, and then we added them up on the last page and showed the teacher how many we had. And sometimes when, you know, you're in college, you put the numbers in the bottom right-hand corner and you do a running total for them. You know, as of, you know, there's 288 words of 560, you know, or something like that. But we're continuing on with the life. Man, the things I remember, uh, I can't believe that I made it through college without Wikipedia. Uh, I, I don't know how I did that, you know. And uh, people today, they got Wikipedia. Uh, that's AI. Why, oh, AI. my soul. People smoking pot. And see, that's yeah. why you can, you can smoke pot and graduate from college with AI and Wikipedia. And uh, But folks, here we are. We find ourselves continuing on with the life of Christ. And we're in John 14. We, we've looked at a lot of things this week. So we came out and we, we started right away talking about, you know, our human weakness, that we're just these finite human beings and God's infinite. And we're not. He's all powerful. He's all knowing. He's everywhere. We kind of tried to put some of those things into perspective. We spent yesterday talking about fear and letting your heart not be troubled. Kevin talking about that deed that's waiting for you right now when you accept Jesus Christ as your mm -hmm. Lord 
Lord and Savior, you capitalize on John, John 14. You go ahead and write it on your palm so you can look at it during the day and say, I have my uh, reservation number right here. I can go ahead and look at my number. This is my reservation number. I get in. So we're moving forward. We're in John 14. We're starting on verse 7 today. And uh, the Bible says, as we go forward here, hey, did I give you a chance to speak after I said, well, we didn't even talk about growth yet. You yeah. see, folks, and again, you know, I, I did smoke some pot. Thankfully, I went to college. I had to stop or I'd be a mess right now. But the word for today is growth. Hey, we're just, hey, we're transparent here, friends. And uh, we're just telling you right now, we are, if it seems like we're high on anything right now, it's God. And uh, that's, all it's, that's all it's been for our, our lifetime here. But look what it says in, in 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be the glory, both now now and forever. And the Lord, we were talking about that idea. Do we reflect? Do we process? The Bible actually says in 1 Timothy 4.15, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them uh, that thy profit in may appear to all. And, mm. and, and, you know, God's grace, it profits us. It may appear to all. It may make a difference. Uh, and, and, you know, Kevin, I mean, we can, get, we can get in a place where there's absolutely no growth in our lives because we're hung up on things. Mm-hmm. You know, growth is a process. And Peter wrote that great verse you talked about. Probably the two most famous verses of the New Testament about growth were written by Peter. And um, you said, grow in grace in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then also, that's in Second Peter. In First Peter, he said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And so both of those together, like I said, they're some of the most quoted verses about Christian growth. They're the 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 mantra, the the motto of of discipleship groups and so on and so forth, uh, Sunday school classes. But it's interesting that Peter wrote those things, and I think just like all of us, he had to be humbled. He went through a trauma of his own making where where he failed the Lord and the guilt that he had to endure until the Lord restored him in a walk along the Sea of Galilee, um, uh, you know, months later after he started to really embarrass himself. But Peter had to go from feeling like he had arrived. And I don't, again, I don't want to dump on Peter too, too much. I think we're, there's a little bit of Simon Peter in all of us, a little or a lot. But Peter really did have that problem with Peter. And so Peter had to come to the end of himself. I have not arrived. In fact, Lord, I, my will that I used to worship is now so broken I feel like you can't even use me. And the Lord's like, no, 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 no. Let's walk along the Sea of Galilee. Do you love me? Yes, I do love you. All right, feed my sheep. So the Lord walked him through some early steps of growth. And Peter came out of the gate of his uh, getting right with God with these verses and this exhortation, hey, grow. You know, growth is a process. Growth is a small baby step, one step at a time. It's not arriving. It's just simply going the right direction. And I think for all of us who have been through something like Peter, I know I've been I've been of just a failure before God many times and said, God, I am just unworthy to 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 preach your name. And then later on, Lord, I'm unworthy to be 
called a Christian. Lord, I'm unworthy. You know, you just whatever, just name the failure. I fail, fail God all the time. But as we as we come to the end of ourselves, it seems like the Lord's like, you know what? Now that you've come to the end of yourself, you're turned in the right direction. That's good enough. And I think that's where we need to be with growth. We need to just be, um, uh, Doug, turned in the right direction and baby stepping along. That's so good. And, you know, I remember I've been preaching a revival. Uh, I, I probably did four or five this past year out of the book of Philippians. And in Philippians 1.9, I, I remember there's something that always sticks with me there. And this I pray that you may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment and just abound in knowledge, abound growth. And, and folks, if, if that doesn't talk to growth, I don't think anything does. We we need to abound with God and he needs to abound through our knowledge. He needs to abound through our grace. And we talked a little while ago that a mark of discipleship, I think it was on Monday, that a mark of discipleship is love. And, and folks, you know, love comes with growth. As we grow, we love more. As we plug in, we love more. And I know I haven't said this in a while, but what you plug into is what you're powered by and, and plug mm-hmm. into God, brethren. Make this day a day about plugging into God. Make this about doing the right thing, trusting him, growing. Oh man, there's something. There's got to be a hymn about growing. I'm going to grow. You're going to know. I don't know. It's better. <laughs> it's better to be in John 14, starting in verse number seven. And uh, we continue on with the life of Christ and looking at all things Christ and trying to figure out through our PTSD, through the mm. junk we go through in life, through the world being upside down. We get to this place where if you have known me, you should have known my father. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. So he's saying, you know me, you see me, you've seen him. I'm God. And Philip said unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, I have, I have I been so long with you, and you has thou not known me, Philip? He that have seen me have seen the Father, and how sayest thou, then show us the Father? He said, you've been with me three years, knuckleheads. I mean, <laughs> three years. Believest thou not that I am the Father, and the Father in me, and the words that I speak unto you, I speak not unto myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Believe me that I am the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. And and friends, I can't tell you, I you know, we've heard from Peter uh, we've, we know what's going on with Judas. He took off. He's going to, he's going to report Christ. I mean, we, so we've heard from Philip, we've heard from Downton Thomas. Uh, and, and of course we heard from Peter, Peter, what I said first. And there's so many things we can look at here. And there's so many thoughts to ponder and set ourselves. but understand brethren, if you know Christ, you know, the father. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, it's a triune, wonderful God. It's this great God. And and we're going to talk about that, but we're going to go ahead and let these radio stations do what they have to do. But don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. And so he's saying to know me is to know the Father, 
Uh, and we're talking about this triune God, and we're going to hop into that as we continue on with the life of Christ and as we move forward. But brethren, when you see Christ, when you accept Christ, you get the whole package. Uh, you get the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, God provides salvation through us, through the life of Christ, through through the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. He's at the right hand of the Father, and uh, I'm excited about that. So when you see Christ, you see the Father in Christ. Uh, they have the same attributes, the same character, and uh, and then he goes on and he says to them, "Well, you've seen me. You've been hanging out with me all this time. At least believe in the works, the things we've done. We we've seen Peter's mother. We've seen all these." miracles beginning with peter's mother-in-law getting squared away we we've seen water to wine we've seen blind people see we've seen dead people live we we've seen the the sea of galilee stop bouncing with the waves and kevin i think there's a little bit of frustration uh you know i think i frustrate god you know you talk about <laughs> i think i frustrate god and, and i think god's just saying hey hang on a minute you know you've been with me you've been hanging with me you read my word you know what i'm all about Mm. At least believe in the works for that for their sake. Mm. Well, Doug, all the thoughts I was thinking while you're talking, you ended up covering all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. And it was it was it was good. <laughs> no, but uh, no, so so true that I see here kind of two levels of faith. The Lord's the Lord's addressing these people that are frustrating God, just like you said. And how many times did the Lord tell his own disciples, how long shall I bear with you? Uh, you know, abraded them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. It's just, you know, he does that to his own to his own kids, and he gets frustrated, but yet he doesn't lose his cool. He doesn't pour out wrath. He just simply, and now, you know, he we disappoint the Lord sometimes, but he always takes us by the hand, walks us along the Sea of Galilee like he did Peter. But here's Philip. Philip's a great guy, and um, Philip is is saying, you know, show us the Father. You know, we want to see, we kind of want to see the end game of the whole thing. And and that, that's natural to ask that. But the Lord did say, well, there's there's two levels how you can approach this, Philip. There's number one, you can believe for the work's sake. And, believe, he, and basically he said, believe me uh, for the very work's sake, you know, or else believe me. But he said kind of before that is believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. So I see first of all is a belief based on the, the character of God, faith, trust, giving God the benefit of the doubt based on his character, and then secondly would be below that based on his work, that is his actions, his activities, the things he's done, the deeds that he's done in our lives. And, um, you know, I think it's it's part of our Christian growth. We were talking about growth. I think it's part of our Christian growth to, in the beginning, say, Lord, you know, I, I just need you to do this for me. I just need you to take care of this. Please just do, do this. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Prayer is asking and receiving. But there's also that point where we should get to the before the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know when you're going to do this, but I do know this. I trust your character. I know. I've, I know that you uh, are true. Be there, brethren. This is good. And you're right. And I know that it's good, that what you do is altogether good, and it's altogether right. And based on that benefit, I'm going to give God the benefit of all doubt because He would not do me wrong that way. And and Jesus says, believe me that way. If you can't believe me that way yet, at least start on the 
the works, the, the, the actions you want me to do. We'll go there. But I want you to get to the point where if the works aren't there, when you want them to be there, that you still go ahead and believe me. Boy, that's so good. And, and, and folks, grab a hold of that. Just grab a hold of this. Hey, you know, maybe pray. You know, when you wake up in the morning, God, give me the eyes to believe. Give me the heart to let you in. Take the hardness away from me and, and, and help me. And, and, and there's, you know, there's so much in these verses that talk to me. And I, I'm just going to go back to them for a second. And, and I think, you know, I think as we look at things that we, we have this wonderful God, and he says, if you have known me, so we sometimes can be hard on Peter, hard on Philip, hard on Thomas, hard. Mm. Now, the only one we should really be hard on, obviously, is Judas. But, uh, <laughs> you know, these other guys are probably just like us. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, but I, I'm telling you, as we look at these things and talk through these things, God says, if you knew me, if you had known me, you should have known my father also. And henceforth, you know, I've been preaching about this. I've been talking. We've covered this in the book of John, folks, where, where Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen my father. I'm sent by one who is greater than me. Mm. I'm here constantly over and over again. Just mm. in the book of John, in the life of Christ, he's saying, boy, if you saw me, you saw my father. And, uh, uh, and, and he goes on and there's, so, so Kevin, let me ask you a million dollar question mm -hmm. here. Just a quick answer. Mm -hmm. uh, but can God do anything mean to anybody? No, he's not mean spirited at all. Nope, you know, I was thinking today, someone wrote me a question earlier and they said, brother Doug, what do you think about predestination in this particular, uh, term or reason? And they described it as God picking people who are saved and choosing people who go to hell. God can't do anything mean like that. No, folks. God, God has no mean spirit. He's a yeah. loving God. Christ is just like his father. The character is flawless. There's no sin. There's no hatred. There's no picking Kevin over me. Mm -hmm. There's no picking me over you. There's none of that. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, there's a unity there And that unity. Kevin goes mm -hmm. right back to character. That unity goes back to he doesn't lie. He's completely just. He's not mean. He's, he forgives mm -hmm. us. You know, we go to God in the midst of our craziness and he forgives us, Kevin. I mean, he's that great of a God. Yeah. You know, the very first lie that Satan ever told was to assail the character of God. And what he, he said, um, doth, uh, yea, hath God said, you should not eat every tree of the garden. And the woman said, we may eat of the tree of the fruit of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And, um, the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die, for God doth know. Basically, God's holding out, and you don't know this about God. Let me tell you what I know about God. In the day that you eat thereof, your eyes shall be open, and you'll be as God's, knowing good and evil. So God's actually being mean to you, if you think about it, because, said Satan, because he knows that you would get closer to being like him. And he has this complex about people being like him. Trust me, I've gotten close to it. And he didn't like it at all. He got real mad about it. That's basically what Satan's saying. You know, because Satan used to be the up in heaven, the anointed cherub that covereth in uh, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28. But the Lord... Um, the, the, it wasn't a competition thing. The Lord said in the day that iniquity was found in thee. And iniquity is evil and meanness. And so God kicked out the evil and mean one. And God stands alone and supreme as the good God. 
God, he's, Jesus said, if it were not so, I would have told you. In fact, when Jesus came to earth, it proved once and for all that he is a good God with not a shred of meanness in him. Yeah, we serve a, a wonderful, just, great God. We started off by saying we need to grow in grace. And part of growing in grace is that love we started talking about as we came into Monday and trusting in God and the Bible saying and what we started today, Second Peter 3.18, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. And in this, I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in the knowledge and judgment. Folks, it's about growth. It's about trusting God. It's about stepping out. Here's God. These people walked the earth with him, friends. Judas walked the earth with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for three years. All right. Philip, John, you know the rest, James, the two Johns, James, Peter, all those guys, Philip, uh, Doubting Thomas, all these people walked the earth with Christ, and they still had to get on their knees and ask questions and do things right. Folks, Mm. we need to, too. We need to be that person that's willing to grow in grace. We need to pray to God. We need to read God's word. We, if, if you got a chance to listen to your earbuds, say, I'm going to give a half an hour a day to listen into the word of God. He'll mm-hmm. honor that. His word never yes. returns void. Folks, we sure do love you. We're so appreciative that you take the time to tune us in on your radios. We're praying for you, and may you have the greatest day ever. Make sure you come back tomorrow. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.